What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Let me see. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of NBA Today. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Catch me at Corbin NBA. Join. By my bro, William Harris at William is Bill. William, how you doing, man? What's going on, Corbin? Excited, excited to talk about yesterday's amazing games. You know, oh. it was amazing. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. I'm, I'm hyped about it. Um, I do want to let y'all know before we get into this. Brought to you, Hoopball, obviously, Hoopball presentation. I say it all the time. Brought to you by my bookie and Manscaped. My bookie right now. Join today with them. They'll match any deposit. 100%. That's NBA, NHL, and NFL games. Plus, I'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L when signing up. My bookie, you bet you win, they pay. Easy. And then Manscaped, they have the Lawnmower 3.0. This thing's crazy, y'all. It got a cutting-edge ceramic blade. You got your LED lights, your 7,000 RPM motor. You can get all that. Test it off for yourself. 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. Pretty simple. And with that, let's talk about the craziness that happened last night, bro. Well, we can either start with the Clippers, which I'm hyped for. We can start with the Heat and the Celtics. Where do you want to go? Man, yeah, we can go either way. Let's let's go ahead and start with the Clippers first. I mean, it was incredible. Everybody's waiting to hear about that. Oh, my gosh. As a Lakers <laughs> fan, I'm telling you, I've never been so happy. Shout out to Brendan Marcus and the, you know, uh, Hoopball Clippers podcast. But, like, bye also because <laughs> it's over, y'all. Like, I am pumped again for the third time. The Nuggets come back. From uh, For the second time in these playoffs, the Nuggets come back from a 3-1 deficit. They also come back from trailing to the Clippers at half to win resoundingly 104-89 to in yesterday's Game 7. And they did it, like I said, decisive fashion. Nikola Jokic was a monster. He had a triple-double by the end of the third quarter. 20, uh, th- 16 points, 22 rebounds, 13 assists. Jamal Murray dropped a 40-burger on them. 40 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. Gary Harris had 14. You, that was really the, the three double-digit scores, but or four, because you had Jeremy Grant as well. Then you just had timely contributions from everyone else. And for the Clippers, take everything I just said, and it's the complete opposite. Montrez Harrell had 20, but he basically gave up just as many. Paul George had 10 points. Kawhi Leonard had 14 on the worst shooting of their careers in, in halves and no points between any of them. No points for at all for Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter. Uh, you could say one or two measly ones for Paul George on horrible shooting. This was the, the Clippers just had no fight come down to the finish. After the third quarter, I knew. I'm like, this game is over, and the Nuggets are actually going to win this. When did you know, Will, that this was going to be it for the, the Clippers? 
Yeah, like you said, when that third quarter came around, it seems like every third quarter the Nuggets start to make their push. And then it's like, okay, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, y'all going to let this happen once again? It's no yes. way. It's no way. But then they still let it happen again, and then they just got instantly deflated, and it looked like they just quit out there. It's like, what? I mean, I don't understand it at all. We're still baffled about this today. You have a team with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, we don't know Paul George. I mean, he plays so smooth. It's almost like he doesn't care what happens or not, as long as he gets his points. But Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard, Doc Rivers, Patrick Beverly, you know, these guys are supposed to be playing hard to the last minute. And to see them give up like that, it was just highly disappointing. Yeah, it was a mess. I mean, honestly, the, like you said, the lack of resolve, the lack of fight. I mean, I knew it. This is a team that all year long was talking trash, alienating, you know, other fan bases and other teams with their antics. And, you know, their, their promos were, were earned, not given, and streetlights over spotlights when they were the actual team that they were saying that they weren't. Kawhi Leonard picks his supporting partner. They go to a roster that is apparently custom fit with players that will fit the way they play. And then after they lose, do they come out with the chemistry wasn't working and this and that and yada, yada. The bottom line, the leadership just wasn't there. It wasn't. I mean, did you hear after the game, you know, they were saying, oh, the Clippers were exhausted. Like, what? What do you come mean? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> it's no travel. I mean, everyone's playing under the same conditions. Like, Jokic had coronavirus. What are you talking about exhausted? Like, they just, like Pat Bev said to Dame Lillard, one, two, three, Cancun. He was ready to yep. go to Cancun. The whole Clippers was ready to go to Cancun, apparently. Oh, yeah. There's no way. I mean, instantly you could see that the fight was lost. And this was something that Paul George said the entire time. The Clippers all said the right things going in. You know, the ball's in our court. It's our game to lose. Each of which I guess you could have said they were half right. Bottom line, it was in the driver's seat until the Nuggets came back. Once in the game seven, it's anyone's game or to, to continue the car analogy, anyone's car, so to speak. But what I found interesting was the total lack of adjustments by Doc Rivers. Forget their key players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George not coming through. That's been talked about. We'll continue to talk about it. That was obvious. Paul George and Kawhi's numbers in general look pretty solid for the series as a whole. But Kawhi Leonard did have a stinker of a game in Game 2. Remember that 4-for-17 performance? And Paul George has had up-and-down games all series. And aside from them, Lou Williams was having a horrible shooting series. Montrezl Howell defensively was ridiculous. Avicii Zubac couldn't make easy baskets. Jermichael Green, someone who's projected to be their ninth man, was probably one of their best players, especially with Marcus Morris giving you little over the series. Yeah, I love the way Jermichael uh, Green was playing. He was like the only one that didn't quit out there. It, it was just crazy to me. Um, and and it was uh, Shamit, you know, he was playing early on, but he got hurt. And, you know, I wish they would have gave Terrence Mann some more minutes. You know, he's young rookie potential. Like, he, the young guys might would have, you know, went out there and gave some effort and hustle, but I just could not believe Paul George and Ka- Kawhi Leonard, you know, play like this. And this is going to stay with Paul George, I believe. I believe, you know, Kawhi Leonard has won championships. He'll get past this. It's it's going to be a little stain there forever. But for mm-hmm. Paul George, this is going to stay with him for a long time, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. As it should. Uh, you know, this yeah. team, they, they totally deserve this, especially since they put so much pressure on themselves, um, both, you know, off and on camera to, to, to be a team that is easily a championship contender, that the Lakers have to go through them. And it's like, well, actually, no. 
the Lakers seem to have to go through uh, the Nuggets, <laughs> which, you know, we'll have to get to another show. But I, I, as much as I want to and will talk about the Nuggets, I, I, I mean, not the Nuggets, the Clippers, what do we feel about the Nuggets and how they did this just in general? I mean, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of, you know, their youth and, and, and mixed in with a little bit of experience just showed that they had a will to win, which was greater than the Clippers. You know, the Clippers were so nonchalant. But you got uh, Jamal Murray and Jokic, they wanted it. And you could see that from the start. Jeremy Grant playing great. You know, Jokic with a triple-double, That I mean, that's just ridiculous. Gary Harris, I think this Gary, the, the Nuggets uh, season changed when Gary Harris came back healthy. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, like a whole, it's like a whole new team. And, you know, I think... You know, we were talking about it last episode. You were like, you hope the Nuggets win because it's going to be an easier path. It may not be an easier path the way this Nuggets team is playing and the way the Clippers were tailing off. Oh, yeah. No, no. The Nuggets are legit. You have to respect them for for what they are. And, and that's a very good, very solid championship contender. Straight up. As a Lakers fan, if the Lakers beat them, it, I mean, if the Clippers beat the Lakers... I'm, um, I mean, not the Clippers. If the Nuggets beat the Lakers, I'm not going to be too disappointed. The Nuggets have fought and shown that they deserve to be here. They're a very good team, like you said. The addition of Gary Harris changed the entire uh, tenor or, or temperature of the Denver Nuggets down the stretch. His impact did not only hit shots on one end, which he was able to do, you know, relatively quickly coming back off a long layoff, but yeah. also to be able to play solid defense on Paul George on Kawhi Leonard at times, giving the Nuggets another weapon. And they have the potential to be right in play doing that again with Will Barton. Yeah, he was like a little gnat out there on defense. And, you know, and they won this game in a blowout fashion without even Michael Porter Jr. really producing for them much. You know, so that just shows you that they're going to be ready for the Lakers. You know, that, you know, they asked Jamal Murray, what are they, uh, are y'all going to be ready for the Lakers? They said they got to be ready for us too, you know, so. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that matchup. I'm I'm very happy that Denver is in it. They deserved it more than the Clippers. Yeah, they did. And I'm glad the better team won. And honestly, I'm so happy that you have clip all the arrogant Clippers players, all the arrogant Clippers uh announcers and <laughs> and you know, media coverage like thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this because you made this fun. I'm never really going to enjoy a, a big <laughs> team losing like this as much as I am now like this is this is awesome and according to uh Ari Abraham you know him no I don't know him uh the guy who's making all the breaking news about uh where uh Kawhi Leonard was going oh okay oh anyway he's 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 nobody but he (laughs) he has a bunch of followers because he just imagine if you and I just went on Twitter and were saying you know the Nuggets are considering making Jamal Murray available in trade talks we have no sources no intel we're just gonna say that he's one of those guys Okay. But he apparently said that the Clippers had made Paul George, among others, available in trade talks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just wanted to say it just to give him a minute. You know, like, right. like wow. So, that's fun. But, congrats. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about the Nuggets and, Cl- and Lakers, you know. Uh, looking on, just because the next time we probably meet will be after that game. What do you think about the lot matchup between the Nuggets and the Lakers? Because, to me, the Lakers have the best two players. I mean, no, the Lakers have the best player overall. That's LeBron. After LeBron, I would put Nikola Jokic. After Nikola Jokic, it's really a toss-up to me between Jamal Murray and um, 
Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis has played well and has been done a lot earlier. But at the same time, Jamal Murray has just been so good. Right, yeah. You you know, we've seen some games with Jamal Murray, you know, with with Denver. Uh, I mean, with the Jazz, he exploded pretty much the whole season. He had a couple games with the Clippers. He was trying to figure things out and exploded in his last game. But it's, it's a lot tougher with Patrick Beverly guarding you. But now with the Lakers, I don't know if Caruso, he's a little bit of a gnat, a pest. But I don't know if he's going to be able to slow Jamal Murray down like Patrick Beverly did in a couple of those games. So it's really going to depend on Anthony Davis, in my opinion, because sometimes he can be completely dominant with no one can do anything with him. And then other times it's like, where is he? Where is he? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to depend on Jokic's defense. You know, Millsap's going to have to help out a little bit. You know, they got Plumlee that can play some good minutes. Uh, it's a better matchup for Denver. Uh, you know, because they have the bigs instead of the Clippers. I think AD would have been totally dominant with the Clippers. And uh, Kawhi and LeBron would have had to have their even out who's going to top that. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great matchup either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will as well. Um, For me, it's like, I don't know. I think the <laughs> Lakers are going to be unlike the Clippers in with the fact that LeBron and the coaching staff, but the LeBron on the court, any weaknesses the Nuggets have, the Lakers will not only exploit them, but they will go to them repeatedly. You're not going to get the cop-outs that you got from the Clippers in terms of just forcing long jump shots and not switching as much on Jokic and maybe not taking their worst defenders off the floor before you know the Nuggets took advantage of it like Doc did by continually keeping um, – by continually keeping – uh, Montrezl Harrell in the game, the Lakers will make adjustments and they'll make them quicker. And you have a person on the floor with an IQ of a coach who is also one of the best players in the NBA who will make sure to seek out any and all weaknesses on the Nuggets' side in LeBron James. That's like the cheat code to me. AD is going to have a, a, a tough time. Him, The matchup between him and Nikola Jokic will be great, but at the same time, I have to wonder if fatigue will finally hit the Nuggets. That's something yeah. I'm considering. And also, it's going to be really big for those shooters for the Lakers because Danny Green's been off. KCP's been there and gone. Um, Playoff Rondo has been great. Alex Caruso's been knocking down shots, too. Does that continue? And if they do, if they're knocking down shots and giving pressure, um, releasing pressure for LeBron James to feast in the lane and AD to, you know, have some good chemistry off of the pick and roll action, then I think the Lakers get this in five games, maybe six, just because I respect the Nuggets so much. If not, if the shooters aren't making shots for the Lakers, the Nuggets are still red hot and it's a lot tougher for LeBron and AD to manufacture points, then I think we get a little into tricky territory. Yeah, definitely. Danny Green is going to be a huge key. Uh, KCP, Alex Caruso, even Rondo, he's been hitting some threes lately. So you're exactly right. If they, if, uh, those others, you know, as people call them, uh, step up and make the shots, it will be a lot easier for the Lakers. But if you don't, I, I mean, honestly, I see the series going seven. I don't think it's going to be a quick uh, series for you guys because they match up so well and they're long and uh, they have the bench depth to make this a long series, I think. Okay. I mean, listen, <laughs> the way that the Nuggets have been playing, I wouldn't, I, I would totally understand if it were. You know what I mean? I'm going to say a little less just because I think the Lakers mentally are just a better team than the Clippers. Not only just the town on the floor, which is one thing, but also how you utilize that with the mentality. And I think that 
I trust the Lakers more than the Clippers for that. You know what I mean? More than the Nuggets? Oh, my fault. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying no, no. I mean that. I, I trust uh, the Lakers more than I trust the Clippers as right, as, right, a, right. as a as a matchup because the Clippers, yeah, talent wise, a very good team. We know what they've shown. We know what they've accomplished. But we saw mentally how that fortitude was. I don't think the Lakers fold like that. I think the Lakers not only have more continuity, but they have more vets who've actually been there. And not just been there like Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers, and that's all, folks. Been there like a LeBron, like a Danny Green, you know, going down the roster, guys who have done this before and have faced adversity, like a Rondo, guys like that. I I think mentally they're not going to fool like the Clippers, and talent-wise they're still, I mean, the best team in the West. The Clippers are right around there. The Clippers are probably a better team than the Lakers in a matchup, but the Lakers are the best team in the West, hands down. So I'm leaning toward less than seven, but just because of how good the Nuggets have been and the confidence that we know they've acquired, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot tighter than that. Yeah, um, and what I'm hearing from you basically is Frank Vogel is a better coach than Doc Rivers. That's you know what? Saying. Put it on I'm the saying that. Frank, Frank, Frank Vogel is. Frank Vogel Whoa. has now lost three different 3-1 <laughs> leads. I'm sorry. At some point when you lose that many leads, that's a, that's, a, that's a testament to your coaching ability or lack thereof. Frank Vogel has made some talented rosters out of team, uh, talented teams out of rosters that were, you know, merely decent, great Indiana teams. He struggled with that Orlando Magic team, but I don't know who wouldn't have. And look what he's done with the Lakers that, granted, are already a superstar team, but defensively, he has remade them. Wow, that's um, that's 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 headline news right there. <laughs> um, I mean, Doc coached the Clippers like he just rolled the ball out and told them what to do. And guess what? Came the second round, didn't they play like someone just rolled the ball and said, "Okay, do something." You're exactly right. You're so exactly I, right. I, I think I get what you mean. Like, yeah, you know, uh, Doc Rivers has a better pedigree, but aside from that one championship in 2008, why would I believe that he's better than Vogel because he's coached better players? Yeah, I guess the whole Clippers organization came out and just rolled the ball out because, you know, you got Doc, you got Kawhi, y'all supposed to beat this team, go do it. But you're yep. right. You're Thanks. right. They there you to go. More. Hot they take done. You hear me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So let, let's keep moving right along. We're going to go down to um, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. The Heat. Finished off the Celtics in a tight overtime game, 117-114. This was really back and forth the entire time. Um, the comeback from Miami with that overtime win. Goran Dragic kept Miami afloat throughout. And then Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo came through late to really push the heat ahead for good. Um, but, you know, Boston played well. Um, Tatum scored 30 points. It was on 10 and 24 shooting. Marcus Smart added 26 points and nine of 18, uh, six threes as well. Uh, Kem Walker did not shoot the best. Um, he only shot six and 19 for his 19 points. And Miami kind of took Walker out of rhythm with a, a combination of a two, three zone. That was also a mix of trapping and switching. And it worked well enough just to keep, uh, Walker kind of out of his comfort zone. But then Brad Wanamaker came off the bench and really helped out and gave the Celtics some good minutes. So uh, what are your takeaways just from, you know, this initial win from Miami in game one. I mean, it really could have went either way. It was a slugfest. It was an amazing game. I mean, this was a classic game. You know, and I, uh, one of the things I took from this game was, you know, for the Celtics, the, the Heat's defense was so tough on them. You would see Kimba Walker dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. I mean, making amazing moves, and the guy was right on him. You know, he mm-hmm. still couldn't get anywhere. And uh, it, even if he made the shot, it was a tough shot. It seemed like all their shots were tough shots. Uh, Jason Tatum had a chance to win the game, and he took a contested, terrible three-pointer when he could have just drove to the basket, but that he knew Bam is down there. He knows 
that defense from the Heat is swarming. And I just I just loved how they played. And I um, also have to give a shout-out to Marcus Smart. Yep. He's playing amazing, man. Ever since uh, Gordon Hayward went down, he's, he's been stepping this game up so much. And uh, I, I think if Hayward comes back, it actually could hurt the team. Because mm. uh, Smart plays so much better. Had 26 points, second-highest leading scorer on the team. And his defense, everyone knows about his defense. Just incredible. And uh, just the – just. This is this is definitely going seven. I think this series is going to be even better than the Lakers Nuggets series. Every game must see TV. I agree. Even uh, you still have such high opinion of um, Marcus Smart, even with that horrific flop. Oh at my the god! End of the game, I was hoping you would bring that up. I hate. I hated that they gave the Celtics that call. Like the refs should know better. That's Marcus Smart. Don't make that call. That almost could have, uh, you know, ruined the game ending. Right? I mean, it got, I mean, I guess I'm happy for it for overtime, but like, I just right. think it's a bad precedent. And I could see a play on Boston's side that will go against them just because the refs will remember they missed this call in this game. Definitely. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, like, when it happened, I was like, because they, they called a foul on Derek Jones uh, Jr. on the loose ball play. And I was like, what are you doing? They just put you in the game. You made a loose ball foul. And then I saw the replay. And I was like, oh, Marcus Smart. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's no surprise. But I actually think that they need uh, Gordon Hayward. I think oh, that really? having another weapon that can create offense for himself and create offense for others that can be a good defender, somebody that can do that for the Celtics adds another layer that Miami isn't ready for because they have enough guys right now to hold Boston in check, and that's because Boston is getting almost their entire offense from their starting five. You know, all, uh, Brad Warner had come through with 10 to 12 points, but really you're looking at Smart, you're looking at Tatum, you're looking at Jalen Brown, and you're looking at Kemba Walker. So you bring someone else in, in Gordon Hayward, who not only can bring you another offensive attack, but who can help the Celtics go smaller, more versatile, spread out the floor, force Bam Adebayo out, which brings less rim protection so you don't get that major block like you did on Tatum at the end of the game. You know what I mean? And it, it, it saves Tice as well, so he's not falling out because he's really their one big, 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 impactful big for the Celtics that will get a lot of minutes in the series. Yeah, I just it just seems like when Hayward's in there, Tatum shoots less, he's less aggressive, and then Marcus Smart gets less minutes. But, you know, he does bring the offense if uh, Hayward does bring the offense when he's in there. So it could work either way. That's a decision uh, Coach Brad is going to have to work out, and especially we'll have to see how healthy he is. He's missed uh, about a month of basketball, so... Who knows if he'll even play in the series, but hopefully he will get back there because you'd much rather have Hayward than Wanamaker in there, even though Wanamaker had a really good game. He did. He really did. So, and you're right. Like, it'll be interesting to see how that happened. I'm glad Wanamaker did. It's good for his confidence. But at the end of the day, you're right. It's, it's, uh, maybe they can find a better rotation with him. It's going to be, it's going to be great for the most part that Hayward will be coming off the bench to begin with. So yeah. you won't have that clash, you know, probably Hayward in for Tatum, maybe minutes where they're alongside. And I expect Hayward to defer to Tatum because he's just working his way back. But just the fact they have another weapon that could do something um, that you're not relying on big games from Brad Wanamaker all the time, I think will make all the difference. Totally agree. And uh, isn't it a shame that, you know, Ennis Cantor can't get off the bench at all? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. He's He's been glued to the bench all sad. He didn't even really get a good run against the um, – even get a good run against the um, 76ers. I know, man. And he, was, he was a good offensive player. You know, with minutes, he would get you know, almost a double-double every time he would get minutes. But I guess his defense is just so bad, it can't be helped. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Old habits die hard, and, and we saw that.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another, but um, another thing uh, with the Heat, you know, mm-hmm. it's just really impressing me how good Jay Crowder is playing. You know, oh my when, gosh, when he got traded to Miami, uh, he was a throw-in for the Iguodala trade. And I mean, he's made Iguodala an afterthought. He's playing 39 minutes. Iguodala played 15. Crowder had 22 points and five rebounds. I mean, no one really expected that from him. And like, he's playing some of the best basketball in his career, in my opinion. No, he really is. He's shooting exactly 40% from three over the playoffs. He has been on fire yeah. the playoffs against every, you know, against the Bucks, against the Pacers, and now here against the Celtics. And for someone that was shooting 29% from three coming into the playoffs or coming into Miami, this is an abrupt turnaround that is, it, I mean, we'll see how long it rides out. But when his three-point shot's going out well, you keep him on the floor because he's not a liability on the offensive end defensively he's been stout he's smart enough to know where to be and when to move the ball around and and that's been just what miami has needed from the other forward spot definitely um and also tyler hero he almost had a triple double uh 12 points 11 rebounds nine assists the the young kid is out there just playing with no conscience just shooting threes and <laughs> clutch moments he's like if you don't want the ball i'm gonna shoot it and you know yeah. he made a clutch three to help them stay in the game late uh, i'm just very impressed by this team and you can tell Jimmy Butler is the head of the cap, you know, of the ship. And he's got everyone feeling confident. You know, no one's like, oh, if you shoot a bad shot, you're going to get fussed at. Like, you remember when Reggie Jackson went down the lane and Kawhi was like, I didn't pass you the ball to do that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's no tension like that in Miami. They're just a great team. You want to see them win because of their, you know, companionship they have. Yeah, and and that's something that's inspiring and something that makes you want to watch and see. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. What what are your thoughts? Who do you think comes out on top with this? <sighs> Man. Yep, you knew I was going to throw it on you. <laughs> Plus, if I throw it on you first, then I don't have to answer. I can react to you. <laughs> see, I got, I'm got i light years ahead here. Right. You know what? I'm going to have to go with the Heat. I mean, I, mean, I just oh. love, like I said, I love their team. I love their depth. I mean, they really could play 10 guys. It's And, you know, their three-point shooting is amazing. It seems like, like you said, with the with the Celtics, they got the five guys. And then the bench gets a little shaky after that, you know. So it will help with Gordon Hayward coming back. But I just think I just think it's the Heat's year. I mean, I, I love their team. I mean, listen, I can understand that. I'm Uh-oh. going to take the <laughs> I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Celtics myself. I love um, I think that, you know, ultimately Miami is overachieved. They played very well, but Tatum's on another level. I like Smart in this series, and I think that Hayward's addition will push Boston over the top. I'm also going to take some of what I remember from the two matching up, and Boston seemed to have had, you know, a pretty decent time handling Miami, although Miami has taken a lot of what happened in the past and really bucked that to the side. I do think that is something to consider, and so that's why I'm going to take Boston in seven. Oh, yeah. We need to put some wages on this, Corbin. You know what? We're going to have to start. We're going to have to start. I'm, I've been real leery so far because the bubble basketball has been throwing me off. But make sure to check out the Hoopball Betting Podcast because there's a plethora of info that you can take in right now to help you so that you don't become me when I take Will on a wager and lose tremendously and then I disappear from doing the podcast. Don't <laughs> <laughs> But today in sports betting, 
great podcast that drops out one of several on the Hoopball Podcast Network. And you know, Will, you've mentioned that you listen to a bunch of them. You have Fantasy NBA Today, Boss Score Breakdown, DFS Today, um, of course, our show, the Coz and Bruce Show, and then a bunch of team-specific podcasts, including the Bulls cast, the Jokes cast, I'm sorry, the Clippers cast, the Grizzlies cast, <laughs> the Hawks cast, Kings cast, Lakers cast, Nets, Mavs, and Pelicans. So make sure, one and all, to look at those and check them out and get all your hoop um hoop ball needs but all your nba info as well and many more to come many more projects in the work so great plug there well i know you you just kind of threw it there as something authentic but uh you will get a wager from me very soon wait till they can make the finals <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait now you're not gonna get out of this pod without talking about who's gonna win the lakers nugget series are you oh my gosh okay i knew you <laughs> were gonna down. bring it up i knew you were gonna bring it up but yes i'm taking lakers in six against the nuggets okay so obviously i'm gonna go with the lakers right Yes. No, I'm not. I'm going with the what? seven. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I cannot believe this. Yeah, we got another wager right there. All right, that's another one. We got to. All right, we we'll mark them down. You yeah. mark them because I'll forget, and then I'll say I was right. Don't <laughs> hey, right. forget these. <laughs> I know you're right. Those are those are set in stone. All right, two more things to run through with you, bro. All right, so one, the 2020 NBA draft now has a new set date officially. It is November 18th. What do you think about waiting yet another extra month for the NBA draft to finally get here and the 2K21 update to finally be real? Right. Uh, it sucks for the young guys coming into the league, but, you know, the NBA is going to need this time to make sure they're getting everything right. So I like that, you know, it's not going to feel rushed. You know, it, we're, mm-hmm. not, we're not in a rush. The next season's not going to start till 2021, more than likely. So I'm fine with it. It's not really hurting anything, in my opinion. What do you think? I agree with you. I'm, I'm kind of sucked that I already took October 16th off, and now I have to wait for another month and take that day back. But um, mm. aside from that, I'm with you. You know, they're trying to make it so that they can get fans in seats as soon as possible. And with that does mean being a little more conservative and, and, and seeing what happens. And so, yeah, I'm with you. We'll kind of see how that breaks down, but... At least we have a set date, and more than likely they'll follow through with that because I agree with you, Will. That it will be probably 2021 until we see actual, you know, um, NBA moves, NBA basketball again after the finals here. Right, right. Oh, I do have one more thing for you. Yeah, uh, let's hear it. Before you get into your last topic, what do you think about all the talk about Doc Rivers being fired? I don't think it's going to happen, man. I think that a big reason why I even wanted to come to L.A. was because of Doc. So I give it another year. If they don't do it this year, then I say you can Doc because then Kawhi's a free agent anyway. But I also feel like Doc's done so much for the Clippers so far. One could make a case that, you know, yes, being up 3-1 and losing in devastating fashion is disappointing. But the bubble, you know, going through family issues that, that, that Doc ran it together. And I think ultimately as the team support, whether or not the team listened to him, is a thing that could possibly grow into a problem. But at least for the moment, you know, I don't think that the team was really breaking up among each other. You know what I mean? Right. I totally agree. I'm glad to hear you say that. I've just been seeing a lot of talk on Twitter about fire doc, fire doc. And it's just annoying me because I'm like, you don't need to just, and everyone doesn't need to be fired because they don't win the championship. Only one team wins the championship. Yeah, they went out in a bad fashion, but that clearly, in my opinion, was on the players. And, you know, you can throw doc in there a little bit, but the players, a coach can only do what the players can do, you know? Yeah, well, I, th- I throw Doc in a little bit more because he played Montrose Harrell when all evidence was to the contrary that he should not be playing Marcus – I mean, um, he should not be playing Montrose Harrell in that situation. So I do give him that, but at the same time, you're right. Like, a lot of that was on the players, and you know what? Bottom line, 
Doc Rivers wasn't missing threes off the side of the backboard in the game seven. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was Paul George, you know? Kawhi Leonard going horrible shooting percentages in the game seven. That was that was Kawhi. That wasn't Doc. So Doc didn't put the team in the optimization. Yes, I, I mean, you could say that at times. Nikola Jokic didn't just kill the, the Clippers with the Clippers doing everything they could to stop them. They really played right into their hands. At the same time, there was a lot of blame to be shared all up and down the roster from Kawhi Leonard to Paul George to Lou Will to Marcus Morris. I mean, you got a lot more changes than you can just lay at the feet of Doc. And I think it's like when the Clippers lost that last 3-1 series to Houston. Yeah, Doc was a part of that as well in as much as any coach is a part of a team's failure. But the players back then, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick, DeAndre Jordan, they also made a big mistake and, and, and were a big reason why they lost. So I think he's safe. I think they'll see that. And you want to make Kawhi happy, especially since you probably only have him for one more year. Yep, totally agree. Glad to hear you say all that. Yeah, man, I'm <laughs> with you. All right, so the last topic is just running through all NBA teams and kind of getting your reactions. Any ones you think should have been on, any ones you think should have been left off. In our all NBA first team, we had Luka Doncic and James Harden at guard, LeBron James. Jonathan Cooper at forward, and then Anthony Davis as well. On the second team, we had Chris Paul and Damian Lillard. You had Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam, and then you had Nikola Jokic. And then third team, you had Ben Simmons and my guy Russell Westbrook. What? How? And then you have Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, For Siakam, Tatum, and Simmons, this was their first-time selections to the All-NBA team as well as Doncic. For Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, this is their ninth time on an All-NBA team. And then for Lillard and, and Leonard, um, Lillard is his fifth, and Leonard is his fourth. And this is the third All-NBA honor for Butler and Gobert, and the second for Nikola Jokic. So what do you think about this interesting combination of players? Again, first team, Harden, James, um, Giannis, and Davis. Then you had Paul, Lillard, Leonard, Siakam, and um, Jokic, and then you had Simmons, Westbrook, Butler, Tatum, and Gobert. You know, honestly, I'm I'm totally fine with it. You know, a lot of people talking about Russ maybe shouldn't have been on there. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. maybe shouldn't have been on there, but I'm totally fine with it. I mean, Russ had a great regular season. Ben Simmons is an amazing player. Like, the main talk I've been hearing is Bradley Beal's been very upset about not making it. A lot of other analysts are saying he should have been on the team. But I don't think he should have been on the team. He missed a lot of games. He put up a lot of stats, but on a bad team. So I think, you know, for once, not for once, but the NBA Mm. nailed this one, in my opinion. Do you think anybody was left off that shouldn't have been? Not really. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I would have considered more for Bradley Beal, but then, I mean, I would have had to take either one of Russ or Simmons off. And I like Russ. I'm always going to stand for Russ. Um, you know, he didn't have a great year altogether, but he did have a couple good months. And in this situation, I think that's that's pretty uh, I think that's pretty interesting and it stands for something. So bottom line, I'm not I don't have really any like egregious takes on this. I think everyone was kind of properly where they were just based off how they played this year. Right, right. And pretty much you could tell playoff teams were rewarded. Winning was rewarded. And uh, I mean, it's it's pretty perfect in my opinion. Yep. Yep. I'm with you on that. All right. Last little topic. Would you, Mr. Will Harris, would you drink Jimmy Butler's $20 Big Face Coffee? I definitely would. I mean, look how good he's playing out there. Got the whole team ready, you know. Now, look, <laughs> if, I, if I was on an opposing team, I would not touch that coffee. 
<laughs> no, no, and absolutely no way. And actually, for me, no way. I'm not paying $20 for any coffee. Maybe $20 <laughs> for four coffees, you know, give me a, a bundle deal or something. But uh, no, you will not get me signing on in any way, shape, or form for that. Um, Corbin, no. Corbin. Corbin, you, you got to try it once. I mean, you might grow a beard like Jimmy. You know, everybody loves Jimmy's. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll have you know I'm quite proud of my own beard right now. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm with you, man, for sure. Well, <laughs> this has been a, a, a good one, as always, Will. Getting up, catching up on these games. Um, You got anything else you want to share before we get off today? I think we nailed it out. Oh, we didn't mention uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You know, <laughs> oh my God, that, that was hilarious. Between between McCullum and Lillard, just absolutely going off. But there was others. You had James Ennis. You had um, <laughs> other. You had Mario Hazonia come in. You had uh, other players all over right. chipping in, adding things. And it, I mean, one, it showed just how unlike the Clippers were right. that people were coming to Woodwork to roast this team. It was. <laughs> hilarious to see but yeah, yeah those two led the charge and they were so funny and i'm i really enjoyed that i really really enjoyed that they i mean it, it, it worked the way that it should like this is what they yep. deserved this is what they yep. deserved they were who they have always been and i mean when it comes to playoff disappointment the clippers stand out like no other and for the players to, to say it i mean like you said cj mccullum magic johnson all these guys come out and and just say what it was, yeah, that, that, that gave me life, man. Right, and, you know, if you didn't see it, you know, it started off with uh, Damian Lillard replying to Pat Beverly saying, you know, I guess I'll see you in Cancun now because you're joining us, basically. And uh, I, I saw that. That was hilarious. And I was like, okay, that's going to be it. They're not going to keep going. And it just kept going all night long. I was like, yep. oh, my God. It was <laughs> like, hilarious. You know, if Dame and CJ see Paul George and Pat Beverly somewhere, it could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For real. On site in the Timberlands. On site. <laughs> in the t- I would, if I was them, I would just, if I was any of the Clippers, I would just stay off social media for like the next month. You have to. Maybe pop back out a little bit later when you're absolutely sure. But right now, no way at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, man. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I'm glad you did. I meant to say it earlier, but that was that was a lot of fun um, just to, to watch and, and then to be on Twitter and react later. That kept me up an extra hour than I even planned just to be able to watch and see how that went. Same here. Definitely, man. Well, for Will Harris, y'all, this has been Corbin Ford. Again, follow Will at Willie. William is Bill. Follow me at Corbin NBA. Hoopball is the presentation that we are part of. Hoop-ball.com on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. That's really all I got. We'll talk to you real soon. Stay frosty, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.